Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, we're going to read verses 9 through 12. They will be the launching pad for this lesson here tonight. Two are better than one because they have a good reward for their labor. For if they fall, the one will lift up his fellow. But woe unto him that is alone when he falleth. For he hath not another to help him up. Again, if two lie together, then they have heat. But how can one be warm alone? And if one prevail against him, two shall withstand him. A threefold cord is not quickly broken. And really feel like the Lord began to impress on me a week ago about preaching or teaching from Ecclesiastes 4 tonight about a threefold cord. This is definitely a passage or a text that is dealing with relational value. How many have ever heard this scripture used at a wedding maybe? Talk about you, your spouse, and God. And, and it can be used in a multitude of ways, honestly. Um, but I, feel, I feel, feel direction for us here tonight. I want you to pray that God's work would be done. Would you do that? Pray that God would just bless our time and study here tonight. We're going to read several scriptures. Come on, would you lift your voice and ask God to help us? magnify your name. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. You see there behind me the Hebrew, the way that threefold actually looks. Uh, pronounced something like shalesh. And to consider the actual Hebrew, we would not really read it as three strands as the illustration is so written it is the closest it can be written into our English but it would be the concept of three bringing it together in three and it was this this culmination of the three aspects which was showing that one might not allow to have full warmth and then it even gives the lying in the bed now if you're married here you know that there is always one that is freezing and one that is burning up, right? And if your feet are cold, they don't want you to touch them. But if their feet are cold, oh, come on, somebody. <clears throat> want to nestle right up to you in bed? 
Some of you remember what it was like, the thought of getting married, the thought of cuddling. Oh, we're going to cuddle. We're going to cuddle. How many know that don't last long? You cuddle for a little bit, and then it's like, okay. Sleep. How many of you are the, you're the, you're the thermostat assassin? Yeah, you know who you are. Why is it so hot? They're the cold one. Okay. And, and this, this concept that's being put together here, that in, and then if, if two can come together, they bring strength, for we find within Scripture that one can put a thousand to flight, but two, 10,000. Any mathematicians that want to run the numbers, maybe you can find out what three puts to flight. Do that multiplied math. Don't shout it out in case you're wrong. <laughs> then everyone will know you need a better calculator. Uh, but it's this concept that there is a third element that can be applied, and it's there in the 12th verse that says, a threefold cord is not quickly broken. Let's consider the book of Ecclesiastes for just a moment getting started. Dr. J. Vernon McGee notes, Solomon, the wisest of men, tried every field of endeavor and pleasure known to man. His conclusion was, all is vanity. Vanity of vanities. All is vanity. What a sad boil down of the world. Isn't it? The wisest man to have tried it all and at the end of it all, Brother Watkins, his statement was vanity. <laughs> it's all vanity. However, he wasn't far off. Because that's exactly what the world is. If you live for self, it is vanity. John MacArthur notes the Septuagint, the Greek translation of the Old Testament, using that Greek term, Ecclesiastes. It means preacher. The word Ecclesia translated assembly or congregation in the New Testament. Both the Greek and the Latin versions derive their titles from the Hebrew title, which means one who calls or gathers. It refers to one who addresses the assembly. Hence, you hear it noted as the preacher. And the preacher noted vanity some 37 times in one short book. <laughs> wow. 37 times in one book that it's vanity. And so he makes a great statement here. This wise man for us to cling to and hold to. Now we're in February. I preached about chalk hearts two weeks ago. I got some ridicule, even ended up with some boxes of chalk hearts. <laughs> the devil is a liar. <clears throat> but we're ending after our marriage seminar that went so well, incredible turnout. Boxes of chocolate. Some of you still have the heart-shaped boxes sitting on your counter and the only thing left are the ones you know you're not going to eat. 
until you get really desperate. Have you ever returned to it thinking maybe you'll like the flavor of this? I had eaten seven pieces. Maybe I just wasn't wanting anything else and go back and retry it. If you retry a piece of chocolate that you bit into before, just say no. But here we are. The, the calendar is close to turning the month. We're going to ease from February to March. I think that we know, but let us be reminded that love is not relegated to a month on the calendar. Certainly our love for God, then our love for those that are our family, and then our love for the body. I've been doing some teaching on this and working with the way that we identify our, our self and our family and how we treat one another. And certainly it is my both job and calling to be consistently reminding myself and you alike that we must have a deep and meaningful relationship with God. Okay? And so to do that tonight, I would like to illustrate from this three-fold chord approach. And thank you to Brother Turner for helping make sure that we had this. If I would have bought this, the rope would not have looked near this nice. And so thank you. This is incredible. This, this rope, this three fold process saying one one piece of rope is quite sturdy two pieces of of rope that are are put together they i almost put a video up here so that you could watch the process they 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 could be worked together and they they will find extra durability in the sense that if if one rope can hold a thousand pounds and then two maybe ten thousand pounds however it might work and the, but if three the, it's it's the multiplied and the compound resistance that is available and the wise man of Scripture, the wise man of text, the one who boils it all down and said, it's all vanity. He also hid some gems in here for understand. I can tell you what does not matter, but let me tell you how to guard what does. Aren't you thankful for that? Some people only want to point out the negative. Those are depressing people. <laughs> Those are depressing people. The toughest time for a marriage to get along is when you consistently deal with the idiosyncrasies of one another. Okay? Let's focus on this. Strand number one. We've been dealing with it in our series, and I tell you, I wouldn't be teaching this tonight if I didn't feel this so strong this last week from the Lord. But I want to remind us before we leave this month of love, so to speak, the first strand in this is you. Now, for anybody in here that wants to be super spiritual, uh, superman or superwoman, you will say, well, first it's God. Just stick with the illustration. Okay? You. You need to love you. I know we don't talk about this much, but you do. You need to love you. You need to be okay with you. Okay? 
You don't need to have a false sense that everything's okay. But you need to learn how to be okay with you. You're a little bit overweight. You still got to like you. Okay? You laugh funny. Vision's bad. You don't have to like that, but you got like, to learn how to get along with you. Because I have watched so much over the years, people try to fill the void of liking themselves with a new relationship with someone else. Two people that do not like themselves individually do not do good in a relationship together. Okay? I teach this to young adults and to young people and, and, and some married folks in the room need to hear me right now. If you don't like yourself alone, you won't automatically like yourself together. But in order for me to really have any sense of self-confidence in myself, then I need to understand who I am. Consciously considering who we are should be considered through the lens of creation rather than evolution. I don't care what Darwin theory says. That's not for your response. That's just for me to feel better about getting it out there. It does not matter what the science teacher says to your children or said to you. You did not just evolve. We are the spoken creation. In fact, humankind is the handiwork of God. And the only pause long enough when man was created to say it's not good only so that he could create Eve to go along. It's not good that man should dwell alone. Each and every person possesses their own DNA and their differentiating characteristics. A low view of Scripture, there is what would be considered for scholars a high view and a low view of Scripture. I want to tell you this. We believe in the supreme authority of text. We believe in the supreme authority of text. I don't have time to spend squabbling with people that want to tell me what verses they don't think belong in the Bible. We believe in the text, okay? Now I will tell you this. If we have a low view of Scripture, it would open the door to a floodgate of options to degrade the value and the responsibility of an individual to do their part to strengthen this threefold cord. I want to say this. I want everyone to catch me. Okay? We often pray as though we have nothing to do with it. As if it's all on God. He did not design us hopeless or helpless. Okay? We cannot pray $5 prayers and expect million dollar blessings. Mm. 
We have to be intentional about our life. But I cannot do that. I cannot pray if I have a low self-worth. Well, Pastor Carson, what do you mean there? What about humility? Come back to this from our series. Humility still must put us in a position to come boldly to the throne of grace where we pray and we seek God. Now, if you're married, this first chord is for you and your wife. Because whether you like it or not, when you tied the knot, you became one in the sight of God. Okay? Everybody say one flesh. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain, but one flesh. What? Therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. That's why we don't take the same concept or mindset of the world who thinks that marriage is easily negotiated out of. I understand we have people in this room right now that have been through past. You've dealt with divorce. You've gone through hardship. You've had, I, I completely, listen, I don't understand the complete context, what you've been through. God does. He is merciful. He is gracious. He is understanding. But I will tell you this, divorce is not the answer. It's not the entry answer. It's not the out of the gate. Well, just leave them. We fight for it. We do our very best. Somebody say amen to that. We fight for the marriage because we became one flesh. Some got married before they were ever living for God or they got in a relationship and then it became very tough. And, and th Listen, we understand that everyone brings context and I will say this, we need to be understanding with one another. Need to be very careful how we judge one another. But when we do become married, we become one flesh. So God created man. How did he create him? Genesis 1.27 In his own image. In the image of God. I don't think we talk about this enough. In the image. You were designed in the image of God. Remember some of the funny questions that would be, Brother Freely, I can remember being in uh, Sunday school class. I was like a teenager and somebody said, teacher, did Adam have a belly button? How many remember that? You remember that? Some of you remember because it was you. You were that kid. <laughs> Wanting to know how was he created. It gives us understanding here that man was developed in the image of God. Male and female created he them. They were designed. He created Adam, causes a deep sleep to come upon Adam. And then what happens? takes a rib from him, creates a woman, pulls from the womb, and now we have a male and a female, and they are brought together. Listen to me. God's plan for you was after his own image. We must have a high regard for self. Why is, again, in 2021, with all of the options available, and I believe the power of God is readily available as it's ever been before, how is it possible that people are still cutting themselves? 
How is it possible that suicide, not in adults, but even in young teenagers is at a rampage? A low view of Scripture or a godless society produces individuals who do not feel like their portion of the equation is valuable. Can I tell you something? The enemy does not need to worry about the strength of your relationship with a God you cannot see if you won't even believe in the you that you can. Man, I feel something right now. I'm telling you, we, we got to be reminded who we are. Psalms 119, thy hands have made me. It, it was your hands that fashioned me. Give me understanding that I might learn your commandments. Catch that from the psalmist. Your, your hands, they formed me. Give me understanding that I might learn your commandments. I don't want to dumb down me. Give me some understanding. I know I don't understand everything, but help me. Uh, of chapter 139, for thou hast possessed my reins. Thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I can't tell you how many I've had to set across the desk from over the years whose own self-confidence has been so shattered that they're ready to give up on life. And I got to remind them, you were fearfully and wonderfully made. In fact, I'd like us to lift our hands all over this building right now and ask that God would baptize every person in this place. Come on, with that fresh understanding of, of who you are, your place. Come on, your place. Praise God. Praise God. Brother Edgar was in Jeremiah. Let's go back to Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, Before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. How does God feel about me? Before I formed you in the belly, I knew you. Before you came forth out of the womb, I sanctified thee. And I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. Again, there might be people in this room right now that carry heartache of decisions made long ago and you cannot do anything about situations or decisions that you made a long time ago. But I want to remind every person in this room that at conception, life begins. Yes, it does. At conception, life begins. And we are a church that believes in the sanctity of life. Yes, we do. We believe in guarding the babies. Guarding those unborn children. Why? They are a critical. They are a critical part in this process. Jeremiah 29, he said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. This is, we're kind of easing now into that second segment. We're about to get to the segment on God. But watch here what's really happening. The, the Lord is really telling him, it's almost as if it's a question. How can you not think higher of yourself when I know the thoughts I think toward you? 
You catch that right now? What do you think about you? Because I know what I think about you. Some of you in here, here we are in the love month. Your, wor your words of affection. How many know you're a words of affection person? Raise your hand. That's your love language. Raise your hand real high. Just own it. Come on, just own it. Kind of. He comes in the house and says, I like the way that dress looks. <laughs> right? It feels just right, don't it? It feels just right. The way that it works. Words of affection for a person that, that, that does something for you. Those, those, those words of affirmation, those words of affection, they will do something to strengthen you. Men across the scope, if you do not feel this way, you are an anomaly to the, to the class of males that walks the face of the earth. Not every male, but almost every male. Ladies, you need to know this. They are reaffirmed by you acknowledging their manhood. Okay? They are reaffirmed by that. Every now and then, the words that you speak to someone should be, should be the words that you know God feels about them. Because it reminds them to speak those words to themselves. And if you're going to speak any words to yourself, you should grab a hold of the eternal promises of God and speak those words over yourself. For this is what he said, I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. What's the gospel say? Are not two sparrows sold for a farthing and one of them shall not fall to the ground without your father? He's going to know about it. He's going to know about it. The very hairs of your head are numbered. Fear ye not, therefore, ye are of more value than many sparrows. Now, I've got to be honest. Reading that in the KJV, that sounds wonderful. But Brother Massengale, today, it's not the greatest compliment. You're worth more than sparrows. I should hope so. But as tragic as it is, we need to understand the illustration and its full expression is even what seems like an insignificant little bird that is off on its own that may fall. Not one of them falls without the... Imagine that. Imagine that. Not one of them falls without God taking notice. And then try to put your value through that filter. The second strand that we begin to look at and we begin to take note of, again, not with a low but with a high view of Scripture, is God. We cannot, we cannot properly withstand or sustain the pressures of the world, the pulling of the world. How many of you remember playing tug-of-rope when you were younger, growing up, Brother Watkins, grabbing that? If all that is there to sustain is me, then the tug-of-war, the rope, will snap. You, ladies and gentlemen, will break. You understand that, right? When the world pulls on you, eventually, without God, you will give. You will give. 
And if we're not careful, we find ourselves judgmental about people that gave in or got offended or walked away from God. Even if the truth would be evaluated, we know we ourselves at times were not far from it either. But without God, it is impossible. But let me tell you about a second chord for this. Our understanding in a high view of Scripture is that we have God. Any relationship void of God is destined for failure from the onset. He is the original designer of humankind. God illustrates in Genesis his desire for communion with humanity. He walks with man in the garden. He's manifested in the flesh for 33 years and walks among us. And he desires to live inside of every person for I have been with you, but I will be in you. And we see that. But in order to have this We have got to have faith. I go from an acknowledgement of who I am designed by God for a full view of me is only really completely illuminated or understood. You can understand the first part of who you are in yourself, but you cannot understand the full scope of who you are meant to be without God. And so once I bring God into the equation and I bring this second cord, this second strand, without faith it is impossible according to Hebrews 11 and verse 6. Must believe that God is. This was brought up the other day. One of the ministers that He is and that He is a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. I don't have time. If I had, I would give you an illustration. Maybe you can just picture it here tonight. If the rope of you, the cord of you looks like this, but the cord of God, all that you give him, your view of him is a shoelace. That's the problem with a lot of people that fail. And they say, well, I had God in the equation. And I'm, you want to tell them, no, you didn't. You had some demigod. You had some, you had some sense of God, but you didn't allow God. You didn't allow the full scope of God to be intertwined. We've got to have a full picture of who we're designed to be and a full picture of who God is designed to be in us and allow that to begin to intertwine and begin to to work. What Paul asked the church at Corinthians, know ye not that your body, here we go, it's the temple of the Holy Ghost which is in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. Here we go. I'm going from me. I'm making the transition to a, that second strand. Now it's not even about me, but it's about God and God being inside of me. For by Him, this is the sovereignty of God on display if we really believe in the Scripture. Colossians 1, 16 and 17. For by Him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. Let's just put that in a little nutshell and tell you, without God, there's nothing. Nothing without him. Isaiah 6, 6 1 through 3 reading about the seraphims because you don't get God without the holiness of God. When you try to get a viewpoint of the eternal glory of God, you watch the picture from the great prophet who said the seraphims fly with two, they cover their face with two, they did cover their feet and with two, they did fly crying, holy, holy, holy. Watch this. The whole earth is full of his glory. 
I can understand the heavenlies, the heavenlies full of His glory, but they cried the whole earth is full of His glory. I beseech you therefore, Romans chapter 12, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is not your punishment, but your reasonable service. Be not conformed to the world, but transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may be... Why, 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 why do we live this way? Because I am making sure that this second chord of my life, I'm making sure that every part of it, if I try to do this without His holiness, this thing comes unraveled real quick. If I try to, if I try to have this relationship minus His sovereignty, this becomes unraveled real quick. First Peter, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as he which hath called you is holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Conversation is an old King James word that can clearly be translated as lifestyle. Just in case you think holy living is out of date. It's not out of date. I heard a preacher speaking about those who deny lifestyle disciplines today and they're very, very uh, cliche about it and speaking as it's out of date. And he made this statement, in many cases it's poor scholarship, but more often it's loose living. <laughs> Strand number three, and I'll finish quickly, the church. I thank God for what he's given me. But I thank God he didn't give it just to me. Can you imagine where we would be without the mechanism of the church? It is the church. Listen, it is the church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. I don't believe we are a church. I believe we are the church. And if you think that's just semantics, then you would misunderstand who we are. We are the church, which means we are people of the name. We are the, we are the one God people. We are a part, not a church. We are a part of the church. And so we are woven. Does it really matter that I get woven in? If you're going to get woven into the church, you can't get woven in with the exception of doctrine. You, you can't get woven into the church with the exception of foundational believing or without missional purpose. If you're going to be a part of the church, you don't get to choose which areas you want it stranded and braided together. If you're going to become a part of the church, hey, that's looking pretty good. I didn't even practice then I'm going to have to understand that there, according to 1 Corinthians, there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. And where one member suffers, the members suffer with it. Or, or if one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. There is one body and one spirit, even as ye are all called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. First Peter chapter 4 
And above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves. For charity shall cover a multitude of sins. Use hospitality. Please catch these, these scriptures. Use hospitality one to another without grudging. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. My, my. If any man speak, let him speak as the oracle of God. If any man minister, let him do so as of the availability or the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. That's what this text says. Beloved, Think it not strange. Please, somebody really needs to hear this. That's why it's in here. Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you and their part he is evil spoken of but on your part he is glorified let none of you suffer as a murderer or as a thief or as an evildoer or as a biddybody he said don't get caught up in any of that mess get out of other men's matters yet if any man suffer as a Christian let him not be ashamed but let him glorify God on this behalf. He's saying this, and, I, and this is what I present to you tonight. This is the third fold or the threefold portion of this because when I am fearful about who I am and, 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 and if I'm struggling with a picture of who God is, there are times when, listen, how many remember that old statement that, that the chain is only as strong as its weakest link? If, there's, if there is a portion of me that is suffering, if I, am, if I am jointly knit together now, this feels so much different than when I gave this to you a minute ago with just one. If I am jointly knit together, even if one rope, even if one strand is suffering at the time, there's a little wear and tear because of the consistency and the resilience of the others, they help make up the difference. When one strand would be overtaken, when one cord would be isolated and alone because they work in harmony together, then you can make it. Stand with me tonight. Would you lift your hands towards heaven? Would you ask God to help you take some words from this wise writer of Ecclesiastes and for those who gave their lives to pen the text. Come on, would you? Help us. Help me. Help my family. Help us to have a high view of Scripture. Help me to be 
intertwined with you and with your purpose and with the text, with Scripture. Let it be woven through every part of my life, through every fabric of my being. Help me not to be isolated in my own ideologies, my own uh, customs of this world. Help my North American context not to exclude my, my understanding of Scripture or begin to dilute in some way the power of this text that is meant to be applied. But let my view of God be high so that you, O oh God, would be intertwined with me and that we would be worked together and then allow me, Lord, allow my family to be woven in with the church. Let us, let us be integrated into the body, assimilated into the body, acclimated in ways not only that we attend, but in ways that we serve, in ways that we give. Help us come not only to receive, but to give to the body. What areas are we giving? Who are we giving to of our time and of our energy and of our finances and of our resources? Help us, O oh Lord, to be intertwined with the church. We need your body. Let this threefold cord not be easily broken. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I'm on my. <clears throat> Amen. If you'll attach this to your life, if we'll get this concept, we will not be pulled from the church. We will not be pulled from the fold. Because the beauty of this cord is it binds you to the body, not to the world.